have a question. What? Did you see the Space Jam trailer? Yeah, I'm actually very, really excited for it. <laughs> quite excited for it. That's and, and yes, I do believe that this is going to be better than the original. Yes. Only because of the times. Only because of the times, I saw. Oh, okay. I just... Because... Only because of the times. <laughs> Not because LeBron is better. No. I know. Only because of the times. I know you're not going to say it's because of that because you don't believe that. <sighs> I'm glad we. I'm glad. I'm glad we got that out the way. Listen. Uh, no. We not. Uh-uh. We're not doing it. No, we're not. <laughs> no. no I, you. You. Yes. You, you need to make sure that you understand that. We not doing that. I just, I just asked a simple question. No, but you try to see you. You know what? You're trying to trigger me. No, I legit thought because I was like, no, because I honestly thought that it was gonna be like, a, hey, like, did you watch the trailer? And I thought you was gonna look at me like. I actually, I was talking, I was talking to Sierra about it, and I was like, yo, I was like, I actually am excited about this. I can't wait to see it. I don't know why everybody, I don't know why y'all think like I'm such a, a LeBron hater. I'm not. I'm not a LeBron hater at all. Just do I think? You know what? Nope. Not even. <laughs> nope. Not even going. Not even going to do it. Okay. I'm not going to do it either. Mm-mm-mm. I won't. Show not. Ladies and gentlemen, this is So In The Meantime with yours truly, I am the one and only Chi. And today is a rather special episode. All the episodes are special, but this one is very special because the guest, the person I have on this episode is none other than my blood, Mm. my ooze, my brother, <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is something that is is special because in, in various different ways. But this might be I ain't gonna say it might be. This is the beginning of a long-awaited mm-hmm. journey. Can I introduce yourself, man? Yo, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's your favorite campus uncle. That's what uh people refer me to. As on Instagram, and uh, um, yes, I am the blood relative, the oose to uh, my brother, you know, what I mean, with the same mother. And um, and yeah, I'm excited to be here, man! Excited to be here, excited to do this finally. 
Yes. <laughs> Finally, you know, just, you know, but yes, I, I'm, I'm extremely excited. So I started to, I stole this from the I Am Athlete podcast, Brandon Marshall. He asked. Which is, a, which is one of my favorite podcast shows. You and Russ put me onto that one. This it is. <laughs> Russ knows what he's talking about. Shout out to Russ. Hey, he knows what he's talking about. It's it, it is a very therapeutic show. Very, very much. But every episode, I think Brandon Marshall asks everybody how they're doing, like on a one scale, one through ten. Mm-hmm. You know, with personal and then professional, where would you rank yourself? So, I'm gonna ask you the same question. Mm-hmm. One through ten, you know, on a personal level, how are you? On a personal level, I would say on a scale of one to ten, I'm at a, I'm at a seven. Seven? Yeah, I'm at a seven. Okay. And on a professional? Ooh. I would say I'm at a six. I would say I'm at a six. Because there is a lot of professional goals that I have that I want to accomplish throughout the course of the year. This new year. Gotcha. So, yeah, there's a, I want to say I'm out of six. Okay. Well, for me, I say, uh, for me personal, probably out of, I'm going to say, say about a six and a half. Very rough week this past week with mm-hmm. it being for me getting through the whole midterms and then you know there was a little scare with your niece with she had a doctor's appointment but she wasn't feeling well so they kind of didn't let her go through the process and she had to get a test done which came back negative oh they thought she had COVID yeah well it's just because she had a lot of the symptoms okay. and so we had to set up her, get her COVID test, which came back negative. So um, so that's that. Professionally, I mean, I'm I'm doing probably about a seven and a half, eight. Got the, at my job, I got the nomination or got nominated for employee of the month. Word, shout out. (laughs) Bullet, 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 bullet. So I was able to get that and, um, just still trying to go through the process of getting everything set up with the the media company and everything. So that's still a process because it's never a mm-hmm. it's never a quick one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So okay, that's what's up, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, and it's good. It's this is good for uh, for anybody who's listening. This is good for anybody to check in from time to time. Because there is definitely a uh, stigma that uh, brothers don't communicate often about how they feel yeah. in that moment or in those moments. Yeah, you know? I, I know before we, we started recording this, um, today, Saturday, April 3rd, has been a rough day for anybody in the hip-hop community or just in the music world in general. Man, I was on edge, bro. <laughs> Listen, I was I was with mom at Target when you text me and I didn't know what you were talking about because I I was driving. So I didn't really wasn't paying attention to anything. And then when I looked at the phone and I seen it, I'm 
reacted. So I questioned what you were talking about. And I instantly jumped on Instagram. And that's the first thing I seen was, you know, one of our favorite rappers, DMX, Earl Simmons, was um, hospitalized. And, you know, you told me before we actually got on that he it was taken off. Yeah. So to shine some light, <clears throat> the great Earl Simmons, a.k.a. Darkman X DMX, you know, one of my all-time favorite rappers growing up, um, found out today on Instagram that uh, he was hospitalized uh, due to a drug overdose. And the first thing I thought about, I was like, damn. I was like, yo, he was doing so good. I said the same thing. He was doing so good. And I'm like, where was he? That was the first question. Like, what, like, what city was he in? Mm-hmm. Come to find out, he was back home. And I'm just like, oh, man. I'm like, you know, because think about it. I mean, if you follow DMX, he got a new album on the way. You know, he's been in the studio working with old and young artists. Yeah. And he looks as if, like, he's in a good space. Right. He looks healthy. Right. Healthy, I mean, like, he's getting fat. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, like, he, you know, like, he's he's not... You know, like, he he just looks good. Right. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't look like he was on anything, you know? And then you get the news, and I was just shattered. I was in a gym. And when I heard that, like, I was almost defeated. Like, I was about to stop working out, mm-hmm. and I was just about to go home or take a drive. But then I started, like, I started listening to some X you know, records, and, man, it just, like, it pushed me. I was just like, all right, I'm going to finish this workout. Right. And then, like, an hour and a half later, drenched in sweat, I'm like, all right. And then I <laughs> I left the gym, and I ended up listening to Slipping, and I started crying in the car, and I, you know what I'm saying, and I'm up here praying, and I'm just like, yo, like, Father, please, please, not not right now. That, not listen, right now. Listen, listen, I... You text me that instantly. I was like, let me let me call Side because like and me and Side talked about it earlier today. Between everybody I know, you and him, y'all love for DMX is like through the roof. Dark man X got me you know? some times, man. And he, the same thing with him. Like I told him, I told Side, there's a few records for me that DMX that I listen to periodically. Right. And I was like, I can't listen to a record right now. I can't listen to an X record now. Because I know that if I do, I'm going to just get so worked up. And then when I was coming back, Mm -hmm. you know, I literally got chills at the light. Me and mom's at the light and I'm looking and I'm like, wow. And there's a photo that's like somebody painted this photo. It's the it's the belly cover of X and Nas. But above DMX's head, there's like a, a halo. Looks like a halo. And I'm like, come on, man. Like Yo, I, you know it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy how the how the stars align because this morning when I woke up, my boy Lee sent me a text. And he's like, yo, when you go to the gym, you got to play DMX, who we be. Mm. 
know what I'm saying? So, like, just X in the atmosphere right. was set at an early tone. And yep. then we find out this information. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, what's happening? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, before before I came over here, you know, my wife looked at me. She was like, yo, what do you think is going to happen to X? And my mind, my mind told me, like, yo, he's going to die. But my spirit was like, nah, it's going to be a miracle. Mm-hmm. And now seeing this news that he's no longer on life support and he's breathing on his own will, you know, it gives me hope that he's going to pull through. And I guarantee you, if he pulls through, if he pulls through and he's 100% healthy and he walks out of that hospital off of his own will and accord, that brother's going to have a testimony like no other. Like, he's going to have, like, I am going to, someone's going to have to write a book about this brother. Someone's going to have to write a book. Like, I think there's already a book about him. Yeah, we have it. Right, but no, but like a new one. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I got to, we got that book? Yeah. I need to I need to get that before. Like I need, I never read that book. I never read it. Yeah. I got I got to get that. Yeah. I got to get that. Yeah, we definitely got it. Um but yeah, man, it was listen. And then when you before we even got on again, you had brought it to my attention and we both was like kind of wow because today you know LL posted the thing and you said oh, today man. is today is 4321. <laughs> today marks 4321. One and if you and and everybody who knows me knows that I am an LL Cool J fan yes, too. Yes, you are. <laughs> and you know to the roll up pants leg to the rolled up <laughs> pants leg fubu shirt hat chin strap. You know and I'm saying like every, everything. But anyway, but in recognition of DMX and his and his tragedy and and his triumph, you know he put. Four, three, two. This is why I think this is it's something different. Like mm-hmm. this, there's something in the air mm-hmm. of a miracle about to happen. Right. Because there's too many things, there's too many coincidences that is happening right now. I wake up and the first thing that I see on my phone is Lee talking about some yo play DMX who, who we be right. Mm-hmm. And then you talking about how like you're driving and you see a mural of DMX with a halo. And then we find out this information, and then we find like I mean, and then LL Cool J comes out with four three two one, and it's April third, two thousand and twenty one, and I'm just like, yo, okay, all right, <laughs> like all right. like if Russ is here, because me and Russ we're we're big on like the numerology and stars and all that being lined up, and I guarantee you, like when I text him that, he's gonna be like, yo, like. Is something in the universe that's that's clicking like it's it's there. And then when I was actually on the way to your house, no, when I was coming back from your house, you called me and I had my with my Apple Music. I have the the radio like my they they create a radio for me, so I just started playing that. And I'm going through like I'm like yeah, I don't want to listen. I don't want to listen. And then. Lord gives me a sign came on. I said, bro, I can't turn this off. I was like, I, I can't. I said I didn't want to listen to X Lord, record. Give me a sign. <laughs> and I started, man. That's that's one of the records that I listened to. And I'm like, it 
that gets me through a lot. Because when we inside was talking, he's like, the reason why he feels like DMX and he's so relatable and a lot of people gravitate toward, towards him is because, like, he's that person that if you don't know how to talk to God, listening to him will help you learn how to have that conversation. But you, but you see, for me, it's different. See, a lot of people gravitate to DMX because of the fact, like they they see that DMX as an outlet or an or a uh, um, uh, a for dummies guidebook into how to talk to God. Mm-hmm. No, I mean that's cool and all, but that's not it for me. When I look at DMX, X is a living and breathing example of the sinner that is saved by grace. Literally, he is. Literally, the quintessential figure. Like, if you had to pull out the dictionary and sinner was the word you're looking for, there is a picture of DMX right there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But also in the same breath, you look for, uh, you you look in the Bible and you say saved by grace, there's X right there. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for me, like, I find that relatable because you know how many times that, you know, you just... Like the like the the song slipping, mm-hmm. the hook, right? Yep. Like I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up, get me back on my feet so I can tear shit up. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that that I relate to out of everything, out of every song, mm-hmm. out of every song. That hook just relates to me so much because of all the stuff that I have personally been through as a person. And when X came with that song, I'll never forget it. Like I, 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 I'll never forget where I was when I first heard that song. I bought the album. I went upstairs into my room, and I played the album on a CD on a CD player. Remember this? Yep. You know what I'm saying on a CD player, and it it was the red cover. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, and I played that, and I remember I played that song, and I sat on my bed. And I just played it on repeat over and over and That's over probably and why. over and, and over and, and, and for, over. <laughs> for, for the generation that never really experienced the CD era, if you play a CD long enough and it picks up the record that you play all the time, mm-hmm. it skips. It starts to skip. And I remember it gets to that point where Cause I would listen to Slipping too, but like my favorite record off of that is Ready to Meet Him. Oh man, I was listening to that today. That came <laughs> on. I'm driving from the gym, and that came on, and I because it starts with the prayer. Yes, it starts and with that's, the prayer. That's probably my favorite then, prayer. Listen, my favorite pair. My favorite prayer is off the first album. I know. I know. It's dark <laughs> and it's, and hell is hot. That is my favorite prayer, but. The prayer and slipping are my favorites, my favorites. But yeah, but you could definitely tell slipping like on a, like it kept on like it right when you got to that. <laughs> so like, damn it, Fred. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I, I literally, I had to like, I had to like listen to that song maybe that day like twenty times, twenty times. And those were the times where, like, you had to hear the song all over and over because you want to recite it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You want to know it word for word. 
And like I remember reciting that song word for word all the time. I remember I remember, I was in high school and I was an Omega Gent, which is a uh, mentoring program for uh, for uh, underrepresented youth uh, by the fraternity that I'm a part of. And I remember I got the dog chain that X wore. I remember. <laughs> and I bought that because of that, because because of slipping. And I used to wear that. And then, of course, like it became like a gent thing and all the stuff, whatever. But but th- that dog chain was personal for me. I'm going to have to go and grab another one. <laughs> I'm going to have to go and grab another one. But go ahead. Yeah. So, so I mean, listen, it's we can we can go on for days about like yeah. <laughs> about this man and, and his impact on just our lives. Just me and you just. In whole. X was the reason why I wore Tim's all the time. R- really? <laughs> he was the reason why I wore Timberlands. Like, I, I didn't... Listen, before I was a sneakerhead, I had every color pair of Tim's you could think of. You really did. I had every pair. But you know pair. what? And, and, and it went to me because then I seen those and I was like, I want to get those. And then, you know, it, it ended up being a thing like, I was actually contemplating on buying some Tim's like this week. <laughs> you know, you know what? Just, just if he pulls through, I'm buying some Tim's. If he, if he pulls through, if he pulls through, I'm buying some Tim's. If he, if he doesn't pull through, I'm buying like four pairs. I'm buying four pairs. I'm like, give me, give me, give me the, give me the constructions. Give me the, give me the new bucks. Give me the black ones. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, and and what other funky color you got? Like you, you got like some word. You got the China blue ones. Remember them joints? Mm-hmm. China blues. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, I'm telling, I'm telling you, man. Like X, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, nah, you good. You good. X was my guy. You good. I, like I said, man. Today was a today was a rough day, you know. But all things is, you know, looking brighter. Yeah. You know, and and we are hoping and praying that he has a speedy recovery and he comes out and he's stronger than ever. So you know, with that being said, um, I, I want to give everybody a disclaimer. This podcast is not going to be always a movie review. Because <laughs> oh the last few episodes that we've done have been movie reviews. Me and Russ reviewed... Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Ooh. Me and Side did coming to America. <laughs> Laughable. <laughs> and now, <laughs> oh boy, you better, we you better are, get comfortable. <laughs> you better get comfortable. We are going to discuss something that me and you have been clamoring for since we seen the first one. Matter of fact. Which was bullshit. Before the first Which one. Which was bullshit. Oh, can't Dawn, wait to talk about that first one. Dawn of Justice. Oh, my God. <laughs> We've been clamoring for this movie since Dawn of Justice. Since Batman v Superman. And this, my friends, oh my is the Snyder Cut. Oh. Finally. 
finally, we got what we've been wanting for so long. For four years, it's been four. Joss, we, Joss Whedon's, because we, we got it. You have to. You <laughs> Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a movie review, and I'm going to be very, very, very real about all of this, okay? Because I follow all this shit. If you do not know by now, my brother yes. is a diehard yes. DC fanatic i am i like marvel too i like marvel too but my heart is with dc dc fanatic yes yes okay we have to acknowledge that there is the joss whedon justice league that came out in 2017 then four years later there is the Zack snyder cut so of so, Justice League. So for those that are unaware, <laughs> rock on. For those that are unaware, can you give a little backstory to what happened during the filming of the original Justice League that led cuz originally Snyder was directing it mm-hmm. and then things happened. So right. so uh, to put things in context, so in 2000 and, uh, 2015, uh, late 2015 into the 16, um, Zack Snyder originally was directing the uh, Justice League movie. And due to a tragedy uh, within his family, his uh, daughter died. And he chose to pull out of the uh, project. And that's when a lot of bullshit started happening. <laughs> that's where a lot of stuff started happening. So, But prior to him uh, departing from the project, his vision of what is now the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League was coming into fruition. But they had only filmed about maybe 10% of the actual film. So when he departed, you still had about 90% of a movie that still hadn't been shot yet. So when he departed, WB... (sighs) WB... (laughs) Warner Brothers jumps in and says, hey, we're going to hire Joss Whedon. Now, for those of you who don't know, Joss Whedon is the guy who directed not one, but two of the Avengers films. He filmed and directed Avengers 1 and 2. Now, Avengers 1 was a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. That was great. Avengers 2, uh, not so much. Not as good as the first one. But WB, at that time, saw Joss Whedon as, this is our this is our savior. This is our moment to bring that Marvel stuff and incorporate it into the DC. Why would they doing that? I'll tell you why. Because Zack Snyder created a universe that was... 
that was immersed into a realistic adult-ish comic book graphic novel designed universe, right? Where if today, if there was a guy that just showed up out of nowhere and could fly and started saving things and doing all these miraculous things, how would the world react? That's a rhetorical question. So, because if you because if you heard that question nine times out of ten, you all would be like, "What the fuck is that? Like, what is that? What's going on? What is this?" Like, yeah, sure. A lot of us would be like, "Whoa, what is that?" Like, we'll be in awe. Right. But the majority of America would be like, "Oh hell no! What what is that?" <laughs> Um, let's get the FBI, CIA, let's get the military, like, no, mm -hmm. no, we top notch, top flight security, we getting everybody. Get Craig and, and Data and them over here too. Gotta call them up, right? So, and Zach brought that feel into a film, whereas in it's an alien invasion. And how does the government, how does the world react to a superman compared to man like here you are all these years you think that like we already thought and think that there are aliens in this world but now there actually is one mm -hmm. and he looks like you <laughs> right <laughs> and he looks like you and he is like this godly looking specimen and he doesn't want to kill you he wants to help you, right? right? You know yep. what I'm saying? So that was the approach that Zack took in Man of Steel, which was his first movie. Right. Then came Batman v Superman. So, side note, originally, if, you, if you've seen the movie Man of Steel, then you know how it ends. And there is no cliffhanger, right? It just ends, spoiler alert, Right. I always wanted to say that. Spoiler alert. I always wanted to say that. Okay. All right. So at the end, um, after Superman saves the day and he ends up, um, let's say, he ends up creating this secret identity of himself. He goes to the Daily Planet. Finally, he gets hired. Uh, Perry White, who is filmed as a black man through Lawrence Fishburne, right, introduces... Clark Kent to the Daily Planet and the person that's there is Lois Lane, but Lois already knows who Clark is, right? Yeah. And Lois says, Hi, my name is Lois Lane. Welcome to the Daily Planet. He's like, Welcome to the um, welcome to the planet. And Clark looks at her and smiles and says, Thank you very much, Miss Lane. Right? And then it ends. Now, Zach originally had a cliffhanger for Man of Steel. If you notice, there is an ultimate edition for Batman v Superman. Right. There is the Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder cut for Justice League, but there is no ultimate edition for Man of Steel. There is no director's cut of Man of Steel. I would, Zack, <laughs> I would love to see a three and a half hour cut of Man of Steel. I would love to see it. But anyway, so originally... The cliffhanger for Man of Steel was supposed to be an introduction of Batman. Did you know that? I did not. There was supposed to be an introduction of Batman where Lex Luthor, because this is where the narrative begins, 
with the Lex Luthor, Batman, Superman, whole triangle thing and Batman v Superman. Lex Luthor ends up sending Batman at Wayne Manor. He, he, he sends Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. a package. Inside the package is a piece of kryptonite and a note that says, we need to talk. And then it ends. You don't even see Batman. You just see Batman. You see Alfred opening the door. Right. And Alfred, like at the vantage point is, you don't see who Alfred is. You just see Alfred opening up a box. There's a kryptonite. And it says, we need to talk. And it has double L's. And it ends. And that was supposed to set up Batman v Superman. Henceforth, now you have the whole plot with Batman v Superman, where Lex Luthor is trying to use Batman and Superman against each other right. to fight each other, mm-hmm. right? Now, how did you feel about Batman v Superman? How did you feel about that? I loved it. Why did you love it? Because you're a Batman fan. I am. I am a diehard <laughs> Superman fan. So you can only imagine how we were in this movie theater. I he re- had his Batman shit on. I had my Superman stuff I on. Remember, I remember being in the movie theater with you and... Kai. Kai and Sierra, Sierra and Sean and Asad. I remember being there and we all being locked in in the movie. Um, I just loved it because it really was like what... I remember reading in comic books. I remember us when we used to get the comic books and go there and grab them. It was just everything that like we kind of always visioned or wanted to see to a degree. And just seeing the showdown between them brought to life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not in a cartoon. Not no. Not in a in an animated cinematic experience. No, it's like real life. Yeah. In person. Yeah. Cinematic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like even yeah. though, even though like Wonder Woman stole it from me when she when she revealed who she was. <laughs> Yo, listen. <laughs> when Wonder Woman, spoiler alert. Batman and Superman. No, Batman is about to get toasted by Zod, aka the makeshift Doomsday. By the way, you, Zack Snyder did say that that was not the real Doomsday. Did you know that? No. That I was, mean, I, I knew that like theoretically, like in the comic book. Yeah, that, that's that's not, not the doomsday. Doom, no, but even in the movie, that's not the doomsday. That's just a makeshift thing that Lex Luthor ended up creating, mm-hmm. which took the DNA of Zod, right, and made a concoction. And next thing <laughs> you know, he is this animal, right? Mm-hmm. And Lex Luthor was like, your doomsday. And everybody's like, oh, that's doomsday. Mm, that's not the doomsday. Right. Doomsday actually comes from dark side. But that's a whole... If you're a comic book fan, <laughs> you would know that. So, but... um, So, Wonder Woman comes in because, because doomsday is about to toast Batman in his, in his Batmobile. And Batman says, oh, shit. 
And because he sees the beams coming, and then the beams come out, and next thing you know, there's a flash of light, just jumps in front of the Batmobile, and then you hear the guitar. I was like, yeah! Everybody in the theater went nuts. Yeah, I still, to this day, I think that her theme song is up there with Superman, Batman, Star Trek, Star Wars. Like, you hear that, you hear you Wonder Woman. Instantly. You hear Wonder Woman. <laughs> Rocky, right? You hear the... Right. Dun, 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 Rocky, right? Mm-hmm. You hear the... You know, you hear that? <laughs> Superman, right? You hear that? And it's just like Wonder Woman. And she came, she was a boss. Yeah. Like she <laughs> she took them gauntlets and put them together and made a blast and, and Doomsday just went I was just like, yo, my wife was asleep through the movie. <laughs> Until she saw Wonder Woman and woke her ass up and was like, whoa, like, what is whoa, you know? But Batman v Superman, see, that was the theatrical cut. You didn't see the Ultimate Edition, did you? Yes, I did. I seen you, you seen, you yeah. seen the Ultimate Edition. Mm-hmm. So much better of films. Yeah. So much. Because Batman v Superman, when we was, oh, granted, I think I was just elated by the fact that Batman and Superman are in the same movie, sharing the same space. And oh, by the way, we got Wonder Woman too. And I'm just like, <laughs> and then we see Flash and Cyborg and Aquaman. And I'm just like, oh, what is going on? Wait, mm-hmm. what's going You know, like we see all of this happening and it's for real, right? It's yeah. for real shit. But when you came out of there, I had a lot of questions. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Because, because you know, I'm not a movie critic, but when it comes to movies I like, after I'm off my high, mm-hmm. I then start asking questions. But wait a minute, hold on, what, what happened to this? Well, what, well, why did Superman do that? You know, and then I, I guess Warner Brothers. This this is where Warner Brothers and their whole tie-in with changing directions and why they were so happy with Joss Whedon, right? WB didn't get the response that they had hoped for comparing themselves to the Avengers in a Marvel universe mm-hmm. because now you have two of the biggest superheroes right. in history on the same film. They're like, oh, it's easy gonna, easily going to make a billion. It's going to make a billion. Like, we're going to shoot Avengers through the roof. It's going to easily make a billion. Right. That didn't happen. And WB was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> hold on. Why? We have Superman and Batman, and we also got Wonder Woman now. We got the Trinity in. Like, how could this film not make a billion dollars easy? I could tell you why. Because Zack Snyder created a universe that was meant for the adults. Right. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't meant for children. See, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you look at their aesthetic, it's bright. Right. 
know what I'm saying? It's jokey. It's comical. Mm-hmm. Like, those are summer movies, for an example. Marvel will be released in the summer. DC is released in the fall, right? Right. It gives you a different feel compared to being released in the summertime where it's supposed to be bright lights and it's, you know, color and... I never thought about it you like know, that. And then, but then DC, it's more dial down grounded you know you have like a different you have a different psycho- psychological mindset mm-hmm. compared to being in the summer and the in the fall or even in the winter time right so but wb is like we don't care about none of that we w- cash cow what w- what happened yeah. right and i think they were short like they made about almost 800 million dollars that's not a slouch Right? It's not. That's not. That's, <laughs> Superman Returns made over $600 million. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's another film that I've... I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> Let's just say that Brandon Ralph deserved a sequel. But anyway. So, but WB, being a cash cow, like you said, mm-hmm. they want money. That's all they care about. They want money. They want the billion dollars, just like Marvel. Right? Right. So... Fast forward to Justice League. Justice League, right? <laughs> Zack Snyder has the unforeseen tragedy that happened. He's off the project. WB sees that, hey, Joss Whedon isn't doing anything. Let's get Joss Whedon. He can fix this universe. We can get the billion dollars with Justice League. Right? Right? And then WB lies and says that Zack Snyder gave the approval. Like they gave him, they he gave WB the green light to hire Josh Whedon. So Josh Whedon, by the way, yes, he has a great track record when it came to Avengers, but he also has a very questionable record when it comes down to misogyny and questionable sexual activities with cast members, but that's neither here nor there. We're not going to go into that because that's not that type of show. Right. But, so he takes the groundedness of Justice League and Zack Snyder's vision and makes it into this bright, campiest universe where he doesn't have a real idea or direction of what Zack Snyder is all about. Now, let me make something very clear. I am not one of these crazy Snyder advocates out here. I'm not. I I like good films. I like good movies, right? Mm -hmm. But I also like Zack Snyder's take on this universe. I like it. His vision. I do. I like it. And uh, I say that to say this. When when Joss Whedon completed Justice League, you can tell the difference between what Zack shot in that movie and what Joss Whedon shot in that movie, which is why I say there was a 10% and a 90%. Because 10% of the film of the original Justice League, you can tell was Zack Snyder. You can tell. Yeah. But then you can also tell Joss Whedon's version. Right? Completely, complete, completely different. 
you know, from the color scheme to the the cinematic experience to the um, the lines in the movie. Don't get me started with the lines. No, don't get me started with Henry Cavill and Superman and and starting the movie and so. Henry Cavill, who plays Superman, who, I, by the way, I think is probably one of the best Superman out there, but opens up the movie with these kids shooting a podcast. Yeah, yeah. And you have Superman saving the day, and he turns around, and he has a CGI face from the lip down. Why? Because Henry Cavill at that time was shooting Mission Impossible, so he had a full mustache. Mm-hmm. He had a full mustache and a five o'clock shadow. Yeah. And the Mission Impossible in that studio was not allowing for him to shave it. So what's the compromise? Okay, we'll just green screen it. And you have a very weird Henry Cavill, 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 I don't know. You have a very weird Superman on screen. And I went to see this film and I looked at that and I was like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I'm not going to like this movie. <laughs> I'm not going to like this movie. And some parts of the movie, I did like it, but I, no. So, so here we are now. Well, 2017 comes out. Justice League comes up with Joss Whedon. He gets, by the way, Josh Whedon gets the credit. He gets the director credit, right? He, he, so does Zack Snyder, but they, it's a joint venture. He can get all the credit for that bullshit. <laughs> WB still doesn't make their billion dollars. Nope. So now they're like, you know what? And it was trash. It, very much so. They trash. The, it was floating debris. <laughs> the comic book world trashed that movie. It was so bad. It was so it was horrible. So... I, I see. I knew. I knew watching that, it was bad, but it really, really like it pained my heart. When what is the Batman line? I do not not I, not like you. <laughs> No, 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 no. The line that got me, the world needs you, <laughs> was when he came, when Superman came back and he grabs Batman and he goes like, do you bleed? I, you know, and throws him, right? <laughs> Ragdale throws well, Batman, why he, why right? Why does he throw him though? Why does he throw him? Because Lois showed up. Right. Now, you know what? Now, that is one part of the justice part I actually liked. No, I liked that. No, no. I, okay, okay. I don't care about that. I it's know where you're going. What I know where he you're going. says after he leaves, he goes, I'm bleeding somewhere. <laughs> Never. Never in the history of the Batman, the Dark Knight, has he ever came out his mouth and said anything. I said, if that's not a Marvel, if that's not a Marvel line, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I almost walked out after I heard that line. Like, seriously, I legit almost walked out. When I heard that line, I sat there and said, I, I can't, I can't do this. I cannot. 
it upset me. It hurt me to my heart. So, (laughs) 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 but you know, but you know what? I I will give credit to Joss Whedon about this thing. Like, I did like that conversation that Batman and Superman did have while Superman was holding Batman up by his face. Right. (laughs) I, I did like, you know, you won't let me live. You won't let me die. The world needs you. But does the world need you? Tell me, do you bleed? You know, I, I, I liked that dialogue between Batman because that showed that Superman remembered him. Right. And we'll talk about the Zack Snyder's cut and that particular scene because mm-hmm. that was a little bit more intense. Yeah. You know, but but <laughs> I, I will say I did like that. I, I did like that conversation. And if that scene would have been in a Zack Snyder cut, not the, oh, something bleeding, not that part, mm-hmm. but just that dialogue with Batman and Superman... I would have been like, oh, okay. You know, like that fits in that that fits in there, you know? Right. And having Lois being the secret weapon, you know, because that's one that's something I didn't like about the Zack Snyder cut. Was the fact that like it just so happens that Lois Lane was in the was in the area. Right? Like well, she was I, she was in the area well, and then all of a sudden she just pops up and Well, you, you gotta remember, like they they talk well they, they didn't talk least, about it. They at least could have showed Lois from afar looking at this fight and saying, Get out the way, move, oh my god. But you do see when she cause she did it like in the early part of the movie, she does have a routine where she goes, she goes to the to the to, to the, the site. To the right. She goes to the site, she visits Clark, and mind you, in the Zack Snyder verse, the day that Superman was resurrected. She was going there to cut ties with Clark because she found out that she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Right? She found out she was pregnant, so she had a piece of him. Right. So she was like, okay, I can say goodbye because I have this. Mm-hmm. Then she leaves. Superman resurrects. <laughs> She sees a man in the sky. Right. And she turns around. I mean, around. I, okay, I get what you There you're could s- have been an added scene. Right. There should have been an added where scene where Lois she's is trying to get to. Okay. I see what you're saying. Cause you know then- I'm saying just to just to make it more fluid instead of Lois just randomly showing up and just like, you know, and saving <laughs> the day. Because if you because at least, at least in a Joss Whedon part, Batman. And Alfred planned for Lois to be there as the secret weapon. Right. But in the Zack Snyder verse, it was just a coincidence that Lois was nearby. You need to at least give some sort of a context. And then also, you know, and this is going into more into the the Snyder verse, the Snyder um, cut. But even he mentioned it when he met with all of them and he said, I had a dream and he brought back, he went back to the dream that he had with flash jumping through the, he didn't say he jumped through, but he's like, Barry was right here. And he said that Lois was the key and all this. Like, so it, it, 
So so I guess now, it, so audience, I guess it's now a safe time to just start doing some comparisons, right? Well, can, see, can we can we get to that or can we? Uh, you, I follow your agenda. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, because no, I was gonna ask like one of the things because you was you've been because I think we we got into the I think we did a chronological. Yeah. Uh, 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 well, filmography of the Zack Snyder verse, and now so, we are going past Joss Whedon. Yes, and version. then what happened was Snyder Zack decided, or we started hearing about. Yeah, let's talk about just the events leading up to. Yes. The announcement of Zack Snyder's. We started. Cut. We started hearing the rumbles of a possible Snyder cut. Right. And. We would continuously hear it. I know a guy that you put me on on YouTube, Tyrone Magnus. He Tyrone would. Tyrone Magnus. <laughs> he was always talking about it. And then all of a sudden, like, we started seeing Zach posting little. On a social media platform that nobody really was on. <laughs> he was on Vero. Yeah, he would just start randomly posting these little shots and these little still frames and. Things that is like, oh, well, this is, you know. This is what I had in mind. This is this is what it could have been. And then it started to, you, I don't know, and you probably, you would know more than I do. Did he, was he telling people that there was a Snyder Cut that was done? Or was he just saying, like, these are the images that I had? So, if I had to break it down chronologically in mm. terms of time of events of when this all started happening. I'm behind the scenes, right, on the YouTube, right? Right. I don't have a YouTube channel. I'm not a YouTube personality. I don't get paid for none of the stuff, but I do look at people's channels and I right. listen to stuff. Mm -hmm. So, Josh Whedon's version came out. A lot of fans were upset. Like, I mean, a huge following of people was upset. Right? And... Comic-Con came. And when Comic-Con came, that's when they had Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, <clears throat> um, Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg, The Flash, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. They all came out. Mm -hmm. But there was no Zack Snyder. Right. It was just a cast. I don't even think Joss Whedon was there. It was just a cast. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about this film. And... It wasn't like a real good response. It was just like it was like a Q and A, right? right? And a lot of people just weren't. They were just happy that oh, these heroes was on the on the stage, but and they would talk about Zach, and they was like, "We love Zach, you know, we love Zach. Zach had this tragedy and stuff like that." And someone asked, "This vision looks completely." I can only imagine that this movie is different than what Zach originally entailed. And I believe it was Aquaman, Jason Momoa, he kind of hinted towards something. Yeah. And Ray Fisher did too. Because he's one of the people that was... He's one of the folks I saw it, the, saw it first. Yeah, but he was one of, he's one of the people that is like, I'm... It feels like Team Zach, Team Jack. Team Zach. Team Zach, yeah. So then a lot of YouTubers who support Zack Snyder mm -hmm. started 
having conversations on their channels talking about that they believe that there is there has to be another cut, right? Right. So Zack Snyder goes out in public and he has like these Q&As. You know, and he later says that I do have a cut. And he starts talking about his movie. Mm. Like in bits and pieces and okay. and it starts people start like you hear the crowd like, oh, ooh, ah, ah. <laughs> like you hear like as Zach is explaining parts and plots of the movie, they're just going crazy. So I think that was the battery that started charging that cell phone there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, the next thing you know, Zach on Vero starts posting little snippets of things he starts posting little nuggets here and there about his version of justice league and what should have what wasn't in the justice league which ended up being like an entirely different movie right right so every year i think it was like for like three years until this pandemic came at comic-con these snyder fans started like hashtagging bring the Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. Right. And it got to a point where they started taking out like billboards and they started doing like, you know how like you got the plane and the plane has like a message. They had that at a comic con. They had shirts. They had so many supporters. You need to bring back Zack Snyder's justice league. You know what I'm saying? And it caught so much traction, so much feet. WB was like, we're not bringing it back. But then fast forward. So last year, which was 2020, mm-hmm. Zack Snyder goes on social media and there it's the 20, I think it's like the, it's the anniversary showing a uh, man of steel and Henry Cavill's on there. Right. Mm-hmm. And Zack Snyder, you know, it's supposed to be like this huge announcement. Zack Snyder goes and he's amongst a bunch of Snyder fans and stuff who loves Zack Snyder. And, you know, there was, Zach was like, well, you know, I got this. I do have something to announce. I, I You know, and Henry was he, was, he was like, Henry, what do you think? He was like, I think you should show it. I think you should show it. He was like, you sure? He was like, I think you should show it. Tell him. And boom, right? On the screen, Zack Snyder's Justice League coming 2021. And everybody's like, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> ah, ah, you know, just going crazy. And for a year straight, when he put that up, it was just like that thing started hitting all cylinders. And then questions started. to People started asking questions about, well, what made WB change their mind? What's going on? Is, is Zack Snyder back? Because WB and Zack Snyder... You know, apparently they had friction and all this kind of stuff, you know? And then it wasn't until recent that Zack Snyder comes out on a Hollywood Reporter and all these other media outlets, and he starts talking about his side of the story when it comes to Justice League and what has happened. Mm-hmm. Which ends up being a lot of foul shit. And I'm just like, yo. Right. You know? So that's context. I'm sorry. It took like what 10 minutes, but like that's just context. No, but see this is this is stuff that, you know, 
would need to be known because it's it gives more backstory to it. Because then when we get more into this and the state of affairs now, mm-hmm. you know, and this is a this is an issue that even me and and Sai was talking about today, and how I feel like there's a certain individual who we're going to talk about later who may. I won't say he may be the answer, but I'll 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 get to that a little bit later. But um so yeah, so you years of this campaigning, everything, all of a sudden now we have the we are told that there is a Snyder cut. And yep. then with HBO Max and WB and their deal that they have with their with HBO streaming service, WB is like, okay. Zach, you can you can do this and it could come out on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And originally, from what you had told me and from what I read one time, that instead of it being a four-hour movie, it was going to be a four-part series. Each part was going to be there, an hour and long. The, and there was a story with that. Okay. Because originally... <laughs> That's how it was supposed to play out. Mm-hmm. But this is where the business side of things comes into play. And lawyers started coming in. Because think about it. A four-hour cut of a film. By the way, that was another thing that WB had a problem with. WB did not want for Zack Snyder to film a movie about Justice League and it be over two hours. Zack Snyder was like, there's no way that I can introduce all these characters, give them a reason to trust each other, right. form a team, kill Steppenwolf, introduce Darkseid, introduce Apocalypse, and all these other things in two hours. There's no way I can do that. There's no way that I can do that. So now fast forward to the planning stages. HBO and Warner Brothers. Mind you, Warner Brothers never wanted it. AT&T wanted it. AT&T is the owners of yep. Warner Brothers. AT&T was like, no, listen, I think we need to give the, these people what they want. And mind you, AT&T are supporters of Snyder, the Snyder Cut. They love Zack Snyder and what he's doing. Yep. So the original plan was to release it as a four hours, as a four-hour cut in a ser- in a mini series, mm-hmm. the problem was was that lawyers was like, "Well, wait a minute. If I'm representing Henry Cavill and he's Superman, and he's in this film, you need to pay Henry per ser- per Ooh. series. Okay, right? You Makes need to sense. pay him per series. Mm-hmm. And then Ben Affleck said, "Lawyer was like, hold <laughs> on. Well, if you're doing that too." You need to pay Ben. Huh? Wonder. Nope. Everybody. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Not just these heroes, but all the actors involved. How to get paid per series? Yeah. Warner Brothers was like, "Well, that's a pretty expensive bill. We already gave Zack Snyder seventy million dollars to create and finish to finish his vision." By the way, Zack Snyder didn't get paid for it. He did this for free. Right. So Warner Brothers is like, you know what? We're just going to release the entire four hours. We're going to just 
whatever we have to do <laughs> to get this man to finish his his journey, whatever. So that's where that whole thing about the four hour series, how why it went from a series to just a four hour movie. Okay. So um normally, you know, when I talk about movies here, I always ask, you know, reaction to the trailers and then kind of go into the movie, but I'm just gonna go right into the movie because because okay. <laughs> you know it by the way, the trailer would but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> that trick man, that first trick okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so go ahead. obviously, you know, it's it it would not even it's a rhetorical question on if this movie lived up to the hype because it did. You know. Yes, I agree. I've watched it three times. I only want to know how many times you've watched it. <laughs> I've watched, listen, I've watched it in its entirety five times. Okay, see. That's people, 20 hours. Right. <laughs> people look at me and they be like, yo, you had 12 hours to spare to watch this movie. And I'm kind of like, you know, you know, I I did. 20 hours, bro. I did. You know, it's hours. it's worth it. <laughs> right, you know right. it's it's worth it. I mean, from from the beginning to the end, you know, from them showing how that's the one thing I loved about it was the first five minutes of it to me washed the whole entire Whedon version of it. Like the first five minutes, and the first five minutes was just him screaming. Oh, you talking about? So you said the Whedon version. No, I said the first five minutes of the of Snyder's version. Yes, thank you. Correct that, please. Of Snyder's version washed the Whedon version out. Man, listen. And it was just him, like I said, it was just him screaming. Not not a Superman with a CGI face. You had actually Henry Cavill on the screen dying. <laughs> that was the first five minutes of the film of Zack Snyder's Superman dying at the hands of Doomsday. Yeah. I Listen, that scene in itself was intense. I was like, and you see Wonder Woman looking at him. You see Batman looking at him. You hear, you see Lex Luthor hearing him like. And, and that was the one thing that got me was when I seen that the way they made it to where it showcased his impact on the world because, like, when he died, he let that scream out. The world heard the scream. And that's what eventually turned around, spoiler alert, it woke up... <laughs> the mother boxes. The mother boxes. Which I loved. I loved that idea of a Kryptonian mm -hmm. because do you know how much of a threat you have to be to dark side <laughs> in order for you like for those mother box for you to pursue these mother boxes we can't go nowhere near this damn Kryptonian until that Kryptonian is dead and it and they have to sound off the mother boxes yeah that 
<laughs> so, I, I'm okay. What? Because it's a four hour move, four hour and two minutes. What would you say was your favorite, if you had to pick, moment of that movie? Zack Snyder? Yes. Now we all about the Snyder Cut. We no longer acknowledging the weeding cut. I loved how one of my favorite parts is the story of Cyborg. Yeah. Like, Ray Fisher did such a great job in, in acting as Cyborg. And I loved just the backstory Mm-hmm. Because in Josh Whedon, you didn't, you don't even know why he's cyborg. Nothing. You don't know what happened to him. Nope. How to get like that? You know, like you don't get none of that. And Batman v Superman, you got a, you got a glimpse into how he was created. Mm-hmm. But you don't know why. You, you don't, don't even know, what know the relationship. You don't know the relationship. You don't know the relationship between him and the Mother Box. You you don't know any of that. So I loved how that played a part. Mm-hmm. in the film and how he was a major part of the development of the story. Right. Wonder Woman was great. She, this Wonder Woman <laughs> is the Wonder Woman I needed in 1984. Because 1984 was just, I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is great. But... I just bought it too. But... Uh, uh, then you look at it again and you're just like, ah, you know, because 1984, they tried to make Wonder Woman into like a campy-ish, mm-hmm. you know, because they were trying to do like an 80s themed right, movie type right. of situation, you know, and didn't really work because they just wanted to show chronologically how old this woman is and through the times and how she's, you know what I'm saying? But this Wonder Woman is Zack Snyder? Oh, this was, yo, because she was killing everybody. Yeah. She was killing. my. One of my favorite parts was when she saved those kids in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And you heard the the Xena Warrior music. <laughs> like, every time Wonder Woman came through, I saw you. Heard, funny you thing, funny Wonder thing. Woman was going to do it. Funny thing. Did you see Tyrone Magnus and and um, Scarlo? Oh, when, when Scarlo yes. did it, and Scarlo did it. <laughs> so listen, at this scene, there's a part where Wonder Woman is catching all the bullets with her gauntlets. That was badass. That was wow. She was just but that. But they did that in. And they didn't do it like Zack Snyder. I know. They didn't do it like, like they only showed, because remember, before she even got to the kids, she was catching bullets. Mm-hmm. And she, it, yo, she was catching bullets. I, there is no, I can't even explain <laughs> how, it was just so sick. I was just like, oh, and she flew. She did. She was flying in this movie. She was. Ha-ha. <laughs> so, if we're looking at it in terms of a timeline, in the 1980s when she was 
first started flying. Now she's in the present with Zack Snyder's cut. She's mm-hmm. flying, right? Mm-hmm. But okay. You would expect for me to say the Superman parts. You would expect that. I I would expect you for me if if I had to think, I wouldn't say when he first came back. However, I would say when he appeared when Stethen Wolf was about to kill Cyborg. Cyborg. So I like that part. Well, my favorite Superman part was when he was resurrected and he fought the Justice League. And we saw the act, the real fight between the Justice League mm-hmm. and Superman. That was like, whoa. Because he, did you see how he, like, he chokeslammed Cyborg, <laughs> picked him up and threw his ass like he was nothing. Now... Or when the Flash was running at him, oh, not that, the first part, but the second part when Flash was running at him and he just moved out the way <laughs> and Flash ended up colliding in the Aquaman. Yeah. Like, yo, I would, yo. Funny thing though, <gasps> not funny, but I, I seen somewhere where they said that the reason Cyborg's arm turned to the cannon was because, like he said, he was like, it's a defense mechanism. It's, you know, when it senses, like, evil. But then it was somewhere where they said that, like, that's what prompted him to, like, he knew that Superman would turn evil or he could turn evil. He knew that something was going to happen. Yeah, which would then lead to the... what. Because he saw that Superman was a threat. Cyborg only respond, hit the mother box. Because mm-hmm. remember, that one thing that Cyborg said about the mother box is that it's not about good or evil or life or death. It creates whatever the the whatever you want to create. That's what it that's what it's intended to do. Mm-hmm. So like with Cyborg, because he's so in touch with the mother boxes, the mother boxes are a they are a reactor. Gotcha. So when he saw Superman, because notice, he wasn't reacting like that to Wonder Woman, right? Batman, you know what I'm saying? But when it came to Superman, hold on. Right. He, you know what I'm saying? But also you got to understand, Superman just resurrected. He he don't even know who he <laughs> is right now. He's, yeah. he's still lost. Yeah. So, but I would say as far as, because I talked about the Wonder Woman, talked about Cyborg. Superman's part, the highlight of Superman was when he was first resurrected. And he also, I like the part when him and Lois went back to the farm. And mm-hmm. he's because let's be real in a man of steel and even in Batman v Superman, you really didn't get a lot of character building. I mean, you did, but you didn't have a lot of dialogue or conversation with Superman or with Clark. Because that's what... I, Superman, you know. I want to see Clark. I want to see how Clark is everyday life. So to get a conversation with Lois and Clark when they're back on the, on, the, on the farm and he's like, I know this place. I love this place. You know? And the, the reunion with his mother. And I was just... I, I, I kind of had like a tear. Right. I had a tear, you know? But I thought honestly, the 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 flight two point oh, 
mm-hmm. as they call it, where he picks the black suit and he, you know, flies again and stuff. Honestly, I wish that they dragged that scene out and gave it context. Why did he pick that black suit? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if you're not a comic book fan, you, you know. don't know. Right. And you don't understand why the black suit and why he flies up to the sun. Right. You won't know and understand that unless you know science. Yeah. Because. Or if you just like, like you said, you got to be a comic book fan. You got to know like. Because you'd be like, yo, the suit is right there. Why is he picking? <laughs> what is, you know? Right. But he picked the black one. I wish that there could have been conversations with Bruce or even with Clark, you know, just in terms of just like what suit to pick because, you know, I don't have them all my, po- I mean, technically he did have his powers when he, when he came back to life mm-hmm. because he had the heat vision, super strength, super speed, flight. He had all that. And if he was at a 30%, and he needed to get to 100% to fight Steppenwolf. I wish we would have had some sort of context there right. to explain why he picked that and why he needs to recharge his battery. Mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. So I kind of felt that was underwhelming. I, I wanted more flight. See, you know me with Superman. I love to see Superman fly. Yeah. <laughs> Cape. Flapping. Flapping. <laughs> Tyrone Magnus. Cape flapping. I like to see that. I like to see, you know, slow shots of Superman flying. I wish we had that. Instead, we had just a little glimpse of him, just, mm-hmm. you know, something real quick. But I, I wish we had more. Right. You know what I'm saying? Of just him. It would have been cool to see him flying through Metropolis, you know, and... Just it just would have been cool to yeah. see, you know him, you know just riding a bike again, right? It would have been cool. Yeah. So I mean, um, most people, if you know anything about me, will probably know my favorite moment. Let me take a guess. <laughs> Let me take a guess. Obviously, it's a Batman movement. Mm-hmm. I know. If you are new to this, if you're not familiar with how I do podcasts, I like to leave you with a cliffhanger. And I just did. If you want to know the rest, if you want to know my favorite Batman moment from the Snyder Cut. If you want to hear more about the review of this epic, long-awaited movie, you have to tune in in a couple of days for the rest of this episode.